Shut up and sit down. Hi, I'm Corbin. And I'm Katie. And we are the, the Vagabonds. Two best friends adventuring through the world of lady stuff, one episode at a time. We don't give medical advice, and we don't seek for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having at bars anyway. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yay. You know where we are right now. <sighs> We're in the womb. We're in back the in womb. the womb. Corbin is uh, back with us, yeah. IRL, yeah, indeed, and not just. I get to watch the sausage be made behind the desk right. because yeah. I'm sitting in a different position than usual. So weird, so weird, but so good. I'm happy to have you back in my womb. It's Same. good to be back. Yeah, happy to be sharing a womb with you. Yeah, we're triplets. Yeah. Um, what's, what's going on? Should we each say our exciting thing? We all have yeah, exciting yeah. We things. We all have exciting yes. things this week. Okay, I'll go first. So I matched at Columbia, South Carolina at Palmetto Health Hospital in OB-GYN. Nice. And I matched at the University of Texas at Austin uh, in OB-GYN as well. Very nice. Austin. Austin. Yeah. It's hip. It's, it's fun. A cool town, supposedly. Yeah, I've heard yeah i'm excited to check it out we're gonna go to some shows and i'm very excited to visit yeah people are excited to visit and it's gonna be which cool. is always good because i feel like it's, you want people you, to like want to come yeah. to right. you. <laughs> there's a lot of places you go to and be like no yeah, i'll come visit yeah I'm sure yeah my mom apparently my mom told her boss that all of her vacations for the next four years are gonna be to south carolina and i was like mom i'm gonna need to like get out of south carolina at some point for yeah. vacation so i think we can have a few outside oh. dave what's your exciting news my exciting news is that uh, we have made an offer and had it accepted to buy a new house Woo! in iowa Woo! city we're not we're not leaving iowa city we, we, on up. we had considered it but you know when you looked at all the factors yeah. Including the fact that if we moved back east with our families, we would end up living in a cardboard box <laughs> and making right exactly <laughs> the same amount of money that we would have made yeah. here. Like like you would think, oh, you go into this more expensive place and you'll make a little bit more money to make. Right. No. no, no, no. So at least not in our jobs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we we uh, we pick up. Uh, let's see the, the differences between this house and our last house. Uh, we pick up uh, one and a half more bathrooms than we had before very nice uh in case you're wondering dave has zero bathrooms in his house i have one <laughs> just kidding i only have one bathroom just kidding in this house it might people. as well be zero Definitely, at times yeah like when you have to go pee yep. and somebody's in there yep you might as well have zero bathrooms yep. um and uh and yeah so may 15th is the big uh the yeah. big day when we get to to take it very close to our big day, which is graduation. May May eleventh. Yeah. yeah, and then May twelfth, which is my birthday. So what so I'm going to be a huge I mean, party. You guys will all be free to help me move. <laughs> I will not be here. I'll be at my graduation parties in my hometown. It's, <laughs> it's like a whole four days afterwards. <laughs> we'll wait. Okay. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll wait. Uh, I think I'm just going to sell off all my stuff and buy new stuff in Austin. <laughs> like I, you know. <laughs> That's not a terrible idea. No, that's not a terrible idea. Plus, you like actually have money, so you like have be able to upgrade a lot of stuff. Too. What What do you have 
that now that we're on this topic of moving, what do you ha- what do you really have that you'd be like, oh, I couldn't live without? This? I have a lot of crap that I have to move. Um, I mean, I have like a mixer that I want to keep because I got a good deal on it and it's a nice mixer. Mm-hmm. Do you have a KitchenAid mixer? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I have She's my cat, good. Ari. <laughs> <laughs> We weren't going to advocate you giving up your cat. Yeah. Uh, I he mean, even got a cowboy hat and it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cute. I'll put it on the Vagabonds just so you can see. Yeah, yeah I do. Um, I guess, I mean, I ha- I like my toaster oven, so I wouldn't want to give that, but see, that up. See, this is like such the difference between Corbin and I because I have like all these family heirloom furnitures that yeah. I'm like taking with me. Mm-hmm. Like I have an entire bedroom set for my great grandma. So like a bed, a, oh. a dresser and a vanity. Yeah. And like, they're all, it's like a matching set. They're from my great grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have like, um, uh, like a, a couple other things that are like in the family, like heirloom pieces. Yeah. I don't think I, Corbin and I have a writing any desk. Of that shit. I mean, grandma. I have a w- rocking chair that I mean, it doesn't really hold sentimental value. I just like it. Yeah. And you don't really see rocking chairs around that much, so I probably would want to keep it in a mirror that I have. That's. <laughs> but other than that, I'm like, it can all go. Like burn it all. I don't mm-hmm. care. <sighs> nope. No oh, shame. Oh, my in that. chest. I have the my. Oh yeah, I don't know. I have like a. It's like a coffee table chest thing. Yeah, that I like. Nice. It's a trunk. trunk yeah, is trunk. A better word. Yeah, that's yeah. a better word for it. Well, we've already begun the process of, um, it, you know, getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Taking out thirteen years worth of accumulated derbis. Yep. That uh, is in our house. Let me tell you something. This sucks. Mm-hmm. We washed walls today. That sucked. Because our walls, apparently, if you you know you you stop noticing it. Yeah, but yeah. Lots of you know, once you go, once somebody comes into your house, you that you don't know, and they're looking at it, you're like, oh my god, look at that place on the wall where you know, 13 years worth of kids' handprints have mm-hmm. been. Yeah. Yep. Now we have washed the walls before. I'm in mean, 13 years. Okay. Yeah, but still. But probably we once understand. in the last 13 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I also went through stuff today. I got rid of all the like accoutrement that I've collected from all my residency interviews oh, today. Yeah. I need yeah. to do that, Adams. We're keeping all the swag, though. We're just throwing away, like, the papers and the stuff. Swag. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, my sweet coffee mugs, I'm definitely uh-huh. keeping those. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep the coffee mugs. And I found my bag from, the, like, my program that I'm going to. And so now I'm like, I need to carry this around <laughs> with me. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Yeah, I have so much crap to get yeah. rid of. <laughs> it's great. I'm like, uh, we really should recycle all these papers because it's a lot of paper. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah folders and mm-hmm. i'm keeping the folders because you never know when you need a good folder you know that's just true that you know, no that happens to that's that's a bad idea i'm sorry i don't agree false mm-hmm. i literally am using one right now that i needed for my class you know what i do need want to buy i need to buy a shredder because i just want to shred so many things yeah. and like you know sensitive financial documents that i just hold on to because i'm mm-hmm. like i should shred this so someone can't steal my identity and then I just having it. So I just here's what happens. Accumulating just them. get a grill. That's what my one of my friends did. Oh, that's a good did. fire pit. You can bring he it up. Just, you yeah. can bring he it to our backyard. He just got a grill and just burned his stuff in his grill. <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. a fire pit in our backyard. You can avail yourself of. Uh, here's the thing: what happens if you have a shredder? You stack up all of the things that you are going to shred on top of the shredder, and then you don't. And then you're like, okay, I'll you don't shred let this. Your children shred your stuff. I'll shred maybe? this later. My mom literally saves stuff at her work for me to shred. Because it's like fun to now? do. Now? Yeah. <laughs> also male. She has like a really sweet like postage machine. And so she knows I'm coming mm. to see her. She'll, it like goes in, it goes, and then it prints and it goes, and it shoots it through. 
And then it's just really fun. It's, it's just like, like fun. Katie's like a seven year old. Yeah. One of inside. my favorite things to do is just like mindless work that uh-huh. I can just, you know, this is why I like quilting because like once you figure out the pattern, you just like kind of are on autopilot. Well. So, yes, I frequently am employed at my mom's work during tax season, True. like making copies for the accountant. Nice. It's great. I don't have Does to she pay you? It. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's great. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm not there enough now. Uh, well, big change is coming for all three of us around the same time. Yep. Yeah. So but we're still going to podcast. Oh, yes, we are. We're not. Now you're going to say we're still going to party. We like, are still, still going to podcast party. and party. We're going to have a podcast party. Yes, um, we are. But yeah, so we'll, and then we'll so, figure it out. And so we'll have uh, incentives to travel to each other's cities yeah. on occasion to have little get togethers. Yeah. Podcast. So we can be. We'll see how podcast. we'll see how much of an of an incentive that really is. Yeah, I mean, Corbin and I are both living in sweet places, so yeah, man. The real question is, are we ever going to come back to Iowa? City? I was. That's. <laughs> I have no doubt that you might not return to Iowa City quickly. That's for sure. There'll be people you might want to see here uh, other than me, though. Yeah. Too. I mean, that might be an added incentive, right? Yeah. Who's staying in Iowa? I think you don't have to say out loud, but who, you know, there are so people who are staying. So that's actually interesting. So like our class is not a lot. I mean, there are a lot, always a lot of people who stay in the Midwest, but like I would say our class has a way bigger proportion that's going outside of the Midwest for mm. residency. Okay. Like I feel like we did really good at matching on both coasts. Yeah. always an exciting thing in the world of the who guidelines which is what we're going to talk about wow i know riveting stuff as soon as you mentioned who guidelines i know people just get excited right it gets the people going but what are these guidelines for they are they establish the rights of women while they're giving birth throughout the world like while they're giving birth yeah at the at the moment they're pushing a baby out intrapartum guidelines okay which is exciting because, um, I mean, obviously women's health in this country is like already kind of under attack, depending mm-hmm. on who you ask. But um, that's to say nothing of women's health in uh, under-resourced countries or middle-resourced countries. Um, and so it's really good to have. And the cool thing about these guidelines is that they have a lot of evidence behind them, too. So um, we'll kind of talk about a little bit about that but mostly we'll just talk about what they are um so some of these things are like not huge changes for the u.s but some of the actually one thing is like actually very interesting change for the u.s um Mm -hmm. so um what alerted me to this fact was a npr article on their um goats and soda column yes Mm -hmm. um, which is one of my personal favorites do is it, should I know why it's called Goats and Soda? I mean, it's not like I haven't seen it before, but... So the, something about development or something. The subtitle okay. is Stories of a Life... Stories of Life in a Changing World. Okay. Well... But yeah. We don't have to go into this. But anyway... <laughs> it just occurred to me. But it, it's one question. of my favorite columns. And also, okay, so I... Right now, I'm taking an editorial writing class. So, like, I've never... I've never been the person who's like, oh, yeah, I have a favorite New York Times contributing author, you know? But mm-hmm. now I do because we've, like, had to read all these pieces <laughs> from, like all these editorial columns and like all these op-eds from places. So now I do have like a favorite author. Maybe that will be, that will be my, who is it? My full, Abraham Verghese. Mm. Yeah. He's very, he's hard good. not I to really like. like his stuff. 
Yeah. Um, I also have a least favorite, but I'm not going to talk about her anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the NPR article, so it talks, so this specifically talks about one of the changes, which we'll talk about. So, uh, one of the key recommendations is to allow a longer first stage of labor. So, um, basically the first stage of labor is between, um, is it four centimeters in dilation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Between, so when the cervix is dilated, four centimeters to fully dilated. And there's this curve that was made way back in the day um, by Dr. Friedman, Dr. Emanuel Friedman. Um, he studied 500 women and he measured, he basically like plotted this first stage of labor. Mm-hmm. And um, he concluded that the cervix, that normal is when the cervix opens of, at the rate of at least one centimeter an hour. So basically, so essentially, if you're going from four centimeters to ten centimeters, then the first stage of labor can last six hours, right? So that became the standard of care, and um, it basically has led to this phenomena where, like. If you're not progressing that fast, then people will augment labor to like try to increase it to try to get you within that yeah because, somewhat arbitrary but not yeah. arbitrary window or also leads to C-sections for quote unquote arrest of labor or arrest of dilation, um, which sometimes those are necessary, but a lot of times like obviously a well, C-section is an abdominal surgery and is like a huge you know it's like potentially right. dangerous. Well, also, it's what you're saying is kind of a misuse of statistics in a way, because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you could say, okay, well, the average is six hours, but you can't apply population level statistics to an individual. It just doesn't work that way. Oh, my gosh, Dave. Did I did I just take the wind out of it wide open? No, I mean, (laughs) you're right, though. Um, So basically what they did is they looked at a bunch of studies of different. I'm going to talk about some of the other ones too later, but this Mm -hmm. is like the biggest one. So what they did is they looked at a bunch of studies that like took into account the first stage of labor, the lengths of first stage of labor. And basically they found that controlling for other factors. So like, obviously if you're monitoring the baby and the baby's not doing well because of a prolonged labor, then obviously you have permission to do a C-section or, I mean, at that point you won't really give oxytocin, but, or Pitocin as it's called in the U S. Um, but if the baby's doing fine, then basically it's okay to wait it out. And there are, there aren't any adverse, um, consequences it in the, the opposite if you can reduce the number of c-sections then you're reducing the morbidity of labor in most cases so anyway so um yeah so that's like the biggest one for the u.s specifically i would say mm-hmm. um and then there was also another which this is like hospital dependent um but during in the second phase of labor which is from complete so 10 centimeters dilation of the cervix to delivery of the baby um that's the second phase of labor so um it's now recommended that women can wait instead of pushing right when they're fully dilated they can it's what's called laboring down in the u.s but basically that just because they're complete doesn't mean that they should have to push that they can wait until the uterus Basically, the uterine contractions make it so that they can't not push. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah I was wondering about like that. Which is now like the yeah. official WHO recommendation, which is like also helpful, I think, to yeah. providers. I think it's it's an interesting that both of these things seem like an acknowledgement of the women's body kind of knowing what to do a yeah. lot of times. That's what I, so I actually, so I, as we know, listen to a lot of podcasts and a couple of them have talked about like the medicalization of the birth process in a negative way, which mm-hmm. like I obviously... Well, not obviously I get kind of offended at that because like I hear this all the time from people who like want to have home births and I will never advocate a home birth just in case anyone was wondering I'm like okay with making that statement right now because people you know people say women have been doing this for thousands of years but like women also have been dying in labor for thousands of years that's so, a really good point yeah. but like, I do agree with this like going back to like your uterus like knows how to get a baby out of your uterus like right. and that is okay yeah and like having complicate like obstetric fistula complications and yeah but it's because actually in sweden they don't do like early pushing at all they always like have the baby labor down Mm -hmm. so um it's just something that's kind of interesting to think about and maybe we should explain that term more so basically like just because your cervix is fully dilated doesn't mean that the baby's head or presenting part is like engaged in the birth canal so like you could have a fully dilated cervix with the baby's head still above the ve- vagina, essentially. Yeah. And until the, and then like, obviously, okay, so the baby's not crowning, so you can't see the head until it's like at the vaginal introitus, like the opening to the vagina. And so that's like a lot of times what people will wait for. I yeah. feel like when you're laboring down is the baby's head to like make it partially through or completely through the birth canal and like be ready to And that is the point born. where they're saying now push. Yeah. Yeah. Or or I guess whenever, what they're saying is wait, wait till, I mean, yeah. Right. Because there is like anyone who's gone through a labor where you can feel an urge. Because if you have an epidural, like sometimes you can't feel an urge to push. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you had one where you can feel, a lot of women will say, I will say, well, you know, we'll say like, don't push, don't push. And they'll say, I can't help it. Right. Like I can't not push. And then it's like, you know, your body is just like doing what it needs to do. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And they're adjusting things like epidurals now so that they're somewhat less. Yeah. So they're, they're trying using to, less yeah. medicine. They're trying so that, to get it like more sensitive right. so that you can feel the, cause a lot of times what they'll say is you shouldn't feel pain, but you might feel pressure. Right. And people are like, what does that even mean? That's so stupid. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. But I mean, it is helpful if you're like trying to feel an urge to push. Right. Yeah. Um, and then also I've, I've heard of like people shutting off the epidural to like help or like turn you know turning it down or shutting it off to help yeah. like feel which I don't know how I feel about that turning it off but anyway I feel it can't hurt right I mean well a lot of people go th- hurt I mean really well it can hurt but not like but not, not like hurt. harm you harm yeah, yeah. the thing so the I mean the thing that I don't like about that <laughs> is that like basically t- a stupid turn of phrase I use it's okay <laughs> so like basically if you have got if you've done your labor unmedicated like the pain has slowly built over time mm-hmm. whereas oh, like yeah. if you are had an epidural and then you shut it off you're at like a 10 pain not having had the eight nine seven eight nine yeah, you haven't you know? had the adjustment you're just like all of a sudden at a 10 so yeah i can see how that would be pretty terrible yeah not really nice but um but i mean hopefully you would re- you would reach the point of like being able to feel the need to push before you feel the pain mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. anyway um so something i think is interesting uh the first recommendation is respectful maternity care So, um, this means it refers to care organized for and provided to all women in a manner that maintains their dignity, privacy, confidentiality, 
ensures freedom from harm and mistreatment, and enables informed choice and continuous support during labor and childbirth. Um, it's kind of like sad that this like even needs to be a recommendation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can support any of this. But, it's way too respectful. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I think Corbin and I have both seen places and circumstances in mm-hmm. which this isn't the standard of care, yeah. and so um, something I thought was really interesting. Well, this is one that's like super interesting, and I think like. Uh, So effective communication between maternity care providers and women in labor using simple and culturally acceptable methods is recommended. And this is one that I think people think that we do really well in the U.S. that I don't think we do. Okay. And the reason is that I think that a lot of places are trying to provide like interpreters and different things like that to their patients, but it doesn't always work perfectly. Yeah. And if I'm, if I was going to have a baby in a country that didn't speak my language, I would feel very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, this is part of that, like having effective communication between your team and their patient is like on top of just language. I mean, culturally too, like, I mean, that's kind of part of the medicalization of the birth process too. And I mean, I mean, I think it's important to remember that our health system reflects our culture. Right. And for instance, uh, like Western idea of kind of like the nuclear family, like as a kind of its own unit, as opposed to like the extended family being involved. It's just one example of that. Right. And who we are, you know, allow women to include in their birth process. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a reflection of our culture. And so that's kind of take those type of things are kind of taken for granted when we talk about cultural sensitivity or cultural inclusion. Mm -hmm. So, well, and also like, I mean, there are cultures who like women don't see male physicians, you know, and like being sensitive to that Mm -hmm. on a cultural level. What are the, so you talked a little bit about communication issues. What are the communication issues that you think American medicine doesn't Well, do like well? having an interpreter there for people yeah. who need one. So, so it's, it's, it's interesting because coming from an academic medical center, I think you kind of expect there to be an interpreter available. Well, I mean, there is and there isn't. So if you have someone who speaks like... Con- most comfortably like for instance we have a refugee population Mm -hmm. that is seen at the university of iowa let's just say for example they're from africa and they are most comfortable in a tribal language yeah do you think that there's going to be a tribal language interpreter that would be on site at the university of iowa more than likely not so they have to use a phone right which if you can imagine and i've been in the situation before trying to use an interpreter phone in active labor right it's complicated. And that's the know? other thing is like, so the phone services are super expensive and having a phone interpreter on for an entire labor, I mean, that's like a long time. Yeah. And having a, a consistent interpreter and all that stuff. I mean, it's hard. This is one area where I can see technology really making a difference. Yeah. You know, with, and with, they're trying. With all, of this, with all of this natural language processing and artificial intelligence mm-hmm. translation and all this kind of stuff. Feels like that's a really great use case for it. Mm-hmm. Now, will it ever be good enough? I'm sure someday. No, someday. Probably not now. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but another thing that Corbin brought up—that's the next—that's the next, that's the next uh, recommendation—is a companion of choice, of the woman's choice, mm. is recommended throughout labor and childbirth. Which 
I mean, not only is it like a cultural thing, so like you you know you should be allowed to like have who you want there culturally or who you don't want there, also. But also, I think like for me, what I was thinking about was like same sex partners or yeah. surrogate partner, you know, partnerships and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you should have who you want there, mm-hmm. and it sh- you know that shouldn't be interfered with. And yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. So interesting to me why that wouldn't already be the case in I think the it U.S. Is. Oh, yeah. I think it is most places in the U.S. I just think that. Well, it, I don't know that it well, I mean, it was up until recently. I mean, yeah, places do put limits, though, on who can be in the room. Mm-hmm. at like, And those are usually for like safety reasons. Right. But it's more like a limit on the number of people that yeah. can be in the room. Not specifically their role. Not like who they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, well, here's the other thing from, like, the provider side is, like, we've seen a lot of people faint in births. And, like, you already have two patients. You don't need a third, you know. Or a fourth or a fifth. Right, exactly. Yeah. You don't need another patient. And that's, like, (laughs) I've seen so many times. We, like, make the dad sit down in the C-section in the OR if you're going in for a C-section. And so many of them are, like, oh, I'm fine. And we're, like, nope, you're sitting down. Sit your ass down. You don't have a choice because (laughs) we do not need to be in a, like, c-section and then have you faint like yep. that is not our job right one now. thing i've learned is there's no predicting who will and who won't so yeah sit your ass down yeah um but yeah uh what's the other and then um i mean i'm gonna link to this who recommendations i think some of them are really interesting especially if you're going into ob guide it's like really interesting to um just read and then there's different things that so there's like four different categories so there's recommended not recommended and then recommended only in like certain um situations and then research context recommendations so basically the rec uh, recommended in certain situations is like um letting uh women labor down is um one of those because um it says like it's only recommended in a place like in a hospital that can like handle that many women being there and like taking care of them during that prolonged second stage of labor and stuff like that um, you know, obviously not all hospitals can like do that and are mm. capable. And then the research one is like basically, um, so the one that I like am seeing, like looking at right now is admitting women in latent stage of labor, which is like before the first stage of labor. So that's like when labor is like kind of getting ramped up. And so basically the recommendation is to like admit them if you have the room or if you're like doing research on like admission versus non-admission during latency you know things like that it's not like a hard and fast you should or you have to kind of thing as i recall in this country or at least where we've given we've had kids you usually get told well you don't need to come in yet you're still latent so that's but they don't turn you away right you're at the hospital it's kind of your decision as the patient if you want to stay mm-hmm. or go. If you're in active labor. If you're not in active labor, they won't admit you. Right. Unless there's a problem. So latent isn't the same as... Or if you're out of latent... Wait, actually... I'm a little confused. Corbs, do you know? Latent labor is... Labor is started but to four centimeters, basically. Yeah, so you're, you can still go home at that point. We won't admit you. Unless yeah. we think you're making appropriate progress like unless you're making like yeah you can go home yeah because you could be in latent labor for a long time for a long time yeah Yeah. but four and then 
but after four we'll pretty much admit yeah. you and i think i mean that's still technically the first stage of labor like latent and active labor but um active is more yes yeah i guess that's confusing so there's like the first stage there's latent stage and active stage yeah and active okay. is what we're talking active about active is yeah four yeah. to four to fully ten. dilated yeah. okay Sorry. well four to del- yeah. No, four to Di- Yeah, fully yeah. dilated because the second, second stage, stage is fully dilated to birth. Yeah. And then third, and third stage, stage is birth to placenta. Yeah. Yeah. And look at us knowing all this stuff that we need to know for next. Yeah. <laughs> that we definitely need to know. So it's good that we know it. <laughs> oh, do you want to hear? Ba- basically, this podcast is that from now until July. It's just, it's gonna be them it's just us studying. Review. Practicing. <laughs> One of these is going to be like how to triage someone in the L&D. Yeah. <laughs> what are the specific treatments of someone with preeclampsia? <laughs> what do you have to look for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the diagnostic criteria for help syndrome? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Our listenership plummets. Yeah. Please uh, <laughs> talk about the ACOG guidelines okay. for anybody who's taking opinion. their shelf exam for OB guy will love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear my favorite though not recommended thing from yeah. the WHO? Perineal slash pubic shaving. It's oh, not recommended. Not recommended. I'm very no. glad that it's not yeah. recommended. I thought you were going to talk about um, massage. Oh, yeah, uterine massage. massage. Yeah. Well, not uterine massage, perineal massage. Oh. For tears. Protection. To protect oh, no, from that's, tears. Oh, no, that's on here for recommendation. Yeah. It's like, no, it's yeah. one of the like multiple things that's on here for. Yeah. yeah. No, that's This is thing. something yeah. that is recommended. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. can do them yourself at home. Yeah. So, the, okay. So, if anyone's ever seen the movie Baby Mama, there's, this is what we're talking about. So, basically, in Baby Mama, they're at like their birthing class, and she says, you can take a little EVOO and like stretch the vagina, something, something. I don't know. But basically, it's like stretching the vagina. So like to make it like wider for the baby. So you don't tear, essentially. Tina Fey or Amy Poehler, who is the surrogate in this movie, asks Tina Fey what she's talking about. And Tina Fey goes, I think she wants me to rub olive oil on your taint. And then <laughs> Amy Poehler goes, can I just spray some Pam out there? Right before, <laughs> some Pam down there right before the baby comes out? <laughs> and Tina Fey goes, you have to admit, it's a valid suggestion. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, this is what i also liked um about being in sweden it just like makes you think about things that you take for granted Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i think it's important for us specifically as professionals but also for patients who are you know wondering like am i receiving the best health care like how can i be active participant in my health care right if you think about it this is it's this change of perspective that you get by either being in a different place or having somebody who isn't usually in your place coming to you mm-hmm. and yeah. being in your space. Cause all of a sudden you can see it. It's like the, did I, it's like the walls thing. It's like washing the walls. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like people come into your house and you're like, Oh shit, look at that yeah. stain that's there on the wall yeah. that yeah, I've true. been ignoring. We have, come full circle we have and yeah. i'm so pleased see how that see how yeah. that works and this is that's the mark I of mean, skilled podcasters yeah right it's true but this is i mean this is also why like i do, i was just in a leadership class a couple months ago and like this we talked about like having a a diverse team mm-hmm. and this is mm-hmm. why right like the more yeah. you have someone who has a viewpoint different from yours the more you see these like weird things that you need to fix yeah that you just are you know are part of your quote-unquote culture right mm-hmm. however small that is and yeah. it's like may or may not be helpful Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of culture, there was uh, two other things I wanted to talk about. One of them is delayed cord clamping. So delayed cord clamping basically means that instead of 
baby's delivered, you cut the cord right away, you basically wait a minute and then cut the cord. Yeah. Um, and this is something that's like kind of come up in the uh, like the last 10 years, maybe. Yeah. It's like a pretty new thing. ACOG's like committee opinion is from 2016 recommending it for yeah. both term and preterm. Yeah. And so it's why? one of those things that was like the NICU is, I feel like a lot of the studies are like from the NICU papers. Yeah. Um, And it was like, you know, so then it's like recommended for preterm babies, but then like no one was recommended it for term babies because like there wasn't as much research, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, now it's recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics and ACOG, I and think. ACOG. I mean, it helps with anemia and so, yeah. The so babies. the idea is that like babies who receive delayed cord clamping um yeah have like less anemia have better like feeding and weight gain afterward after birth uh premature babies do better um in like a multitude of things if they have it so they're getting something from mama that they might not otherwise get yeah i don't really know what it is if it's just more blood and like more stem cells that are in the cord i don't know i don't yeah i don't know if we know yeah, I think it has to do with like yeah, nutrients, oxygen, carrying capacity, and yeah. I don't know. Stuff because like that. and all and then the, I think it's important to say like this is before the placenta has detached from the uterus too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is not like so sense. some people yeah. talk about delayed cord clamping and they like are like after the placenta is detached, like still on it hanging on, and that's like a no no. That's like and also I mean it's called the lotus birth. At that point, you're also bleeding out of your placenta because it can go backwards. So yeah. like. That's not safe. Anyway. Hmm. Um, and then the last thing I was going to talk about was, um, so care of the newborn a- also actually makes it onto this list. Um, and skin-to-skin contact um, is also recommended, which is also like one of those up-and-coming yeah. things that's like we're finding out is like super-duper important. So it's really In cool. Sweden, that's, that's another thing. In Sweden, they are like very good about skin-to-skin like yeah. right away. And if like the mom can't do skin-to-skin, they have the dad do it yeah. right away. That's really cool. I have yeah. to say, or that. whoever else is in the room, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, whoever's like the. I have to say that as a dad, that was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. it was nice. It's like nice bonding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, mo- so there's a program at Iowa called the Moms Program, Maternal Opportunities for Medical Students. So like, as a first year student, you like get paired with this expecting mom, and you go to all her um, appointments with her, and then you go to delivery. And my mom's patients my couple um yeah they did both skin to skin and it was just like really cool to see that bonding it was really fun yeah you ever seen those videos well you've probably seen this in real life where the baby crawls up the mom yeah those are so i i've never seen that in real life but i just like don't understand and it's just so what weird. where like the baby crawls the newborn up. baby they put the baby a little bit lower down and the baby crawls up because it knows where it wants to go it's like a kangaroo that's so weird it makes its way to the to the breast and Hmm. Yeah. Babies know what to do. Anyway. It's kind of in- it's fascinating, but I don't understand the point of making them. Yeah, I don't that's a, I don't understand the point of making them. Yeah. It. I think you might as well just like set them there and just give yeah. a break. Pop Jeez, these kids just Yeah, just they just were born. Got squeezed out of a tiny tube. They've been through a lot of stress <laughs> today. Yeah. Now we're going to make them do some work. Their entire reality of has their you, world has gotten a lot larger. You newborn babies are so coddled. Yeah. Climb up your mother. Back yeah. in my day, we had to climb our moms <laughs> to get fed. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Back in my day, I just got fed from a plastic bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Corbin. Poor me. Uh, Corbin is a is a marvel of modern medicine. <laughs> Indeed. I truly am. 
<laughs> it's funny my mom like uh she like tried to breastfeed me but like i was in the hospital and my mom had pumped up this is the story my mom apparently had pumped all this milk but in the hospital they just like threw it away that's what and, they used to yeah because yeah. they just like did not this was back in the day when the hospital did not give a shit about what you thought and they were just gonna do whatever you yeah. whatever they wanted wow the 90s were an interesting time yeah the 90s wow. were an interesting time Yeah. Oh, fallopian files. Fallopian yeah. files. Um, I have one. I guess I'm rewatching old episodes of Roseanne on it. <laughs> Amazon Prime right now. Oh. I don't know if you ever watched Roseanne back in the day, but it's the Roseanne reboot is starting on March 27th. The Roseanne oh, reboot? reboot. Yeah. So they're like. This is news to me. The whole cast from Roseanne is back, and they're oh. doing it like it's now. You know, like we, their lives, like. Roseanne and Dan are grandparents and Wow. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Well, there you go. Yeah. I um I never got into Roseanne, but Yeah, me neither. I appreciate her more as an adult woman than I did as a child. Yeah. Back then I, I remember thinking that. she was kind of a mean mom, but now I'm like actually she was kind of an awesome mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she I have to say that Roseanne I from from the few times I've watched, Roseanne is more like I am more like Roseanne to my children without the annoying voice. Yeah. Because I crack jokes at my kids' expense. Mm, yeah. That voice is hard to get over. And I make fun of them constantly. That's how I roll. Yeah. I, she uh, was a great example of a progressive woman in the 90s. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So should I do my nerdy one or my serious one? Oh, that's a tough one. I know. Go mm. nerdy. Go okay. nerdy, yeah. So nerdy. You could save your serious one for our next show, maybe. Okay. Uh, so I think, I don't know if it was last time or the time before, but I talked about my brother, my brother and me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this week's is the adventure zone, oh. which is, so my brother, my brother and me is by the McElroy brothers, three of them, Justin, Travis and Griffin. And then they, when Justin was on paternity leave for his first kid, like randomly played Dungeons and Dragons and recorded it and with their dad. So there's four of them. And now it's a podcast and it is like amazing it's one of, it's like my favorite podcast it's every week it's the one that i like will skip all my other ones that are in my playlist to like listen to it first it's so good and i like never played dungeons and dragons growing up like i've never i've never played it i'm like you know quote unquote not that nerdy even though i actually really am um just nerdy in other ways yeah just in other ways but like it's not even like dungeon i mean now it's not dungeons and dragons even at all because they're like playing through some different like game mechanics but it's just like story and world building and it's just so good and it has like such representative characters like there's a trans woman um like all these like different like lesbian couple that ends up together and doesn't get fridged and like all this stuff and it's like it's just so good. What's 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 so fridged? fridging is this thing. It's like this common trope that happens to lesbian characters in like comics and stuff, mm -hmm. where like basically the only way that like a lesbian relationship is okay being portrayed is if like one of them dies or both of them die. Yeah, it's like I, I don't I can't remember which. It's like the term fridging is from like a specific example where this happens, and I can't remember where it's from. One of the one of the couple got yeah caught in a fridge. Yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> So anyway, but what? yeah. Okay. So anyway, but it was like this big thing because like 
one of the lesbian there's actually two lesbian couples in it but anyway in the first arc season thing um it would be like became a big thing but anyway okay it's fine but it's really really good and also uh griffin lives in austin and corbin's moving to austin so i'm really hoping that when i visit her i will meet him yeah we're gonna just <laughs> become best friends. corbin i know you're big news now she's yeah. so cool you maybe our news. podcast would take off don't me. joke <laughs> i can't handle your, this your job once you move to austin is to a become, be a good resident continue being a good be. A, be, yes be. be a good resident, resident and b strike up a relationship with uh griffin mcelroy, griffin yeah. McElroy. Uh, i I don't, I I don't know if i have one griffin's the right babyest now. brother what's He's he what does he say sweet what, baby sweet brother, baby brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're forbes 30 yeah. under 30 oh and then tra- uh travis is the middleest yeah yeah have I have I called out Jordan Jesse Go yet? No, you have not. Another podcast, Jordan Jesse Go. I I feel like I have. No, you haven't. Jordan Jesse Go is a podcast. Two two friends from college who started out on uh, the college radio station have continued all of these years, many years later. Uh, they're still to get. They're still podcasting together. They are funny as hell. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Jordan Jordan Morris is uh one of the two and he is also on uh currently in the current season of um good mythical morning which is a youtube channel um and uh jesse thorne is also a public radio host uh bullseye is his Mm -hmm. um is his show which is also great but they they basically have comedians on there on their uh, show every week. And I just wish I was as funny as they are. Like that is my, th- that is my pinnacle reach. You know what I'm saying? That's what mm-hmm. I'm reaching for. Yeah. When I am funny and I am not hitting it. <laughs> you know, like I know every day of my life, I am not achieving that amount of funny. Awesome. Well, practice makes perfect. That's what I'm th- that's, Keep making those jokes. Yep, that's true. Yep. And erasing the ones that don't work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, I heard that he was half brother of Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. Uh, yeah. That would be weird. They don't Especially look at all alike. Considering he's a fictional character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact: I used to have a college radio show. Did you? Nuh-uh. I did. Yeah. How do what? I? How do we not know this? About this? <laughs> I thought I figured I would. Told, no, I did. What was your? What was your? Was it music? Uh, it was music, uh-huh. and it was actually I would play. It's kind of like my. Me playing, essentially, if you've ever listened to Alt Latino, the podcast, it was like me. Oh. I have a very like weird side interest of like Spanish-speaking music, I guess, is the best Latino yeah. like alternative rock. And so I would play that music and talk about it and talk about the different types. I'm kind of uh, blown yeah. away by Are this. Are there recordings of this? Like, I have no idea. Someone find this. I doubt that there's recordings because that was in like 2000 and... 13 in 2012 so that would have been that was a long time ago why no. would there not be recordings yeah, that was it's not that long ago corbin <laughs> it was so <laughs> long the short code podcast so started in 2010 that, i don't it's think not technology like... was capable of rec- <laughs> recording sounds uh, i just don't know if they have that much story where they actually keep on file all that audio it was a 24-hour yeah, news kept radio it. station yeah. like if they kept it you know they have it not that they couldn't but like if they actually have and I don't even know if it is technically still operational. Mm-hmm. 
but the reason I could get my own show was because it was a brand new radio station and they like needed people to host. So I was just like, I'll do it and I'm going to do this. This and is like, my sure. new Fallopian Files is I want to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Corbin, you got to do oh, some man. research. You got to find, you got to call, find it. Blue call Jay that radio. radio. Blue Jay, you got to call their asses and say, what's, where's my old show? Yeah. Surely it's in the archives. I yeah, because I mean I really enjoy. We're just gonna start playing that. The sociology. Of the <laughs> Talked about the sociology behind the of different music and That's you not know, surprising all that. at all. <laughs> this is brilliant. You've Isn't been it? holding out on us for sure. Yeah. As Katie, what am I? A mystery wrapped in enigma. Yeah, enigma wrapped in. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Either way. I just I'm like an onion. You she just gotta so peel back layers. the layers. Yes. Wow. I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> Once you meet me, you pretty much know everything about me. <laughs> I have no secrets. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's do it. We'll, we'll see you later. We'll see you next time. Thank you to our lovely audience, as always. Bye. Bye.